some golden daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, battles all won. He'll shout the victory, break through the blue. Some golden daybreak for me. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And my friend, I come to say that when he shall appear, that shall be some golden daybreak to we that are in Christ. Do you know him? If you do not know him as Lord and as Savior, then one of the motives in the Bright Spot Ministry is to preach Jesus to you. This is Harold Seitler. And we want you to say right there by the radio, don't turn the dial for the entire program today. On the branch by our Hammond organ, Mrs. Garrett shall play a beautiful melody. Come just as you are. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Prayer time again. And my dear friend, if you are without Jesus and lost, I want you to know that we're praying for you. Our Heavenly Father, speak to some lost man or woman. Ere the broadcast may go off the radio today. And may some sinner bow on their knees in their living rooms. Or may some man or woman stop their automobile on the side of the highway and receive Jesus, call upon him for mercy. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, uh, shall be saved. And I pray that some man or woman may call today and save, O oh God, that one that's closest hell. May this be the good day, happy day of their salvation. And then I pray for your people. Thank you for the faithful ones. Thank you for the teachers and the deacons. Thank you for the pastors and the evangelists. Thank you, Lord, for every true church earnestly contending for the faith. I pray you may bless them all. Thank you for every missionary on home fields and foreign fields as well. God be with them. Supply their needs. 
set before them an open door that no man can close. Then I pray you may use the bright spot, our Lord, as we go forth upon these different stations each morning. Give us that which we need in power and spirit and use us to your glory and may hearts be warmed and blessed and may souls be saved as a result of this ministry. I pray you may use the preaching of your word in a moment. Give power, O blessed Spirit. Give power to the preaching of your word. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. An old favorite song of the church on the Branch Spot Hour today, as sung for you by Gene Payne, Does Jesus Care? Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Oh, yes, he cares, I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Oh, yes, he cares, I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my son. Thank you so much to Dr. Gene Payne and also my late grandfather for the wonderful introduction and the late Mrs. Garrett. Always a blessing to have her with us on the Right Spot Hour. On the Sabbath day, those of you that are regular listeners to the Right Spot Hour, you know that we run the recorded voice of my late grandfather. We are continuing our study verse by verse and line by line in 2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians. My grandfather will be along momentarily and will enjoy a time of study around the infallible and the inerrant Word of God. Tomorrow is the Lord's Day that gives all of us the opportunity of worship and fellowship one with the other in the Lord's house. Let me invite you to be a part of our services tomorrow at the Rock Springs Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. Dr. David Gallimore, our good pastor, he's been there for 40 years. Don Gibson, our choir leader, and Carson Edwards, our orchestra director. And uh, we have good services, traditional King James Bible, 
a good, solid Bible preaching right down the line. And we rejoice in the goodness and the grace of God. If you're looking for a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Baptist church, then let me invite you to come in and be a part of our services on tomorrow. Sunday school is at 8, morning preaching at 9.30 and 11, the evening service at 6 o'clock p.m. We average around 1,800 on Sunday morning. We usually have about 1,000 back, 1,100 on Sunday night. Now, if you're looking for a church like this, let me invite you to come and be a part of our services at Rock Springs Baptist Church, 201 Rock Springs Road, Easley, South Carolina, at the intersection of Highway 123 and Rock Springs Road. The Bright Spot Hours, work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. I make that statement every day because it is a statement of fact. The Bright Spot Hour is entirely listener-supported. I depend upon the Lord. I bring my case to God's people, my listeners, and I trust the Lord to so bless and enable you that you would be able to stand with us and help us as we labor in the gospel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. During the month of March, I make available to you my late grandfather's sermon, number 52, on the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon. Now, this is the battle that will close the tribulation period. This is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ as he returns in power and in great glory. There are so many things that are transpiring. You realize that uh, United Nations Agenda 20. 30. That's just uh, six years from now. By 2030, is wanting the whole populace to have a digital ID, uh, the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell without it. You can't bank without it. I mean, all of these things are right before us. And I think it's important for you and me to understand the age in which we live, to understand the Bible from which we read and to recognize these things eminently before us. The Battle of Armageddon, I'll send the sermon to you on a compact disc. They are $10. I'll also make available the most popular sermon my late grandfather ever brought, Can God? This was brought on a Sunday night, May of 1973. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I'd be thrilled to send a copy of this good sermon to you. It is yours for a gift of $10. I also make available the commentary on 1st and 2nd Corinthians, a 303-page, verse-by-verse, line-by-line commentary in which my grandfather deals with every verse and every chapter in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Allow me the honor of putting this good book, beautiful green cover, gold lettering, perfect binding, stiff back paperback, handy uh, to the size to hold in your hand. Very well done. I think that you'd be pleased to have a copy of this. They are $20 postage paid to your door. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, post office box number four, Greenville, South Carolina, 296 Zero two. Our email, all lowercase, drbencarper at yahoo.com. 
Find us on social media at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, Facebook, X, and YouTube. Now today we continue on with my late grandfather in 2 Corinthians, today chapter 12, beginning at verse 19. I give to you my late grandfather, Dr. Harold B. Seitler. Verse number 19, again, now this is an additional question that Paul now continues to ask in verse number 19. Think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you? Uh, don't one of you, Paul is saying, imagine that I'm now trying uh, to excuse some misconduct on the part of Paul uh, or, or, or on the part of Titus or Timothy or any other of those at my right hand. Think ye that we excuse ourselves to you? Not at all. We speak before God in Christ and therefore we lie not, Paul is saying. Uh, what I've said about Timothy, what I've said about Titus, what I've said about myself is the truth before God in Christ. But we do all things, dear beloved, for your edifying. Now, this is the truth. And here is the, uh, the motive. Here is the purpose. Here is the pattern in verse number 19 of Paul's entire ministry, not only in the church at Corinth, but all the other churches that were founded by the apostle Paul. The great motive and the great burden behind Paul was for the edifying of the body of Christ, the perfecting of the body of Christ, the full maturity, if you please, of these that are saved in the grace of God and baptized of the Spirit into one body that we know of as the church. Now my one desire, dearly beloved, verse number 19, and it seems to me that the terminology, dearly beloved, would identify unmistakably the fact that basically and primarily Paul is addressing himself to the born-again ones in the church at Corinth. We do all things, everything I did, every rebuke that I've given, every word of exhortation that I placed before you, every challenge that I've tried to lay before you, every step that I made, verse number 18, every deed of my life, every sermon that I preached, all of it was for your edifying, your perfection, and for your full maturity. Now, any pastor that's pastored a length of time and who's called of God to be a pastor has the same basic underlying motive and desire within his own life and for his own ministry. At least that's so in my life. Nothing, this is a testimony, nothing so thrills me more than to see the saints of God at Tabernacle mature and grow into the full statue that God planned they mature into. When I see a young convert, whether it's a child, a young man, an older person come and they present themselves for baptism and they're baptized into the fellowship of our church and from that experience of salvation and then identification through baptism, they begin to grow they mature. Now, we would not expect instant maturity. It'd be a very foolish thing for me as a pastor to expect instant maturity on the part of my people. It just doesn't come that way. Maturity is a result of a lot of great uh, hours of waiting and labor among the people. But finally, the maturity can be achieved and the edifying can be enjoyed if we're faithful at the job. But we commence immediately in everything we do to edify every member of the body of Christ. And that's my one motive as a pastor. And I have been here now at Tabernacle for these 28 years to see our people uh, grow into the full statue that God planned and ordained that they enjoy as a born again believer. Verse 20, for I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would. 
Now, I imagine that was a heart-rending fear that uh, plagued the Apostle Paul, that when I come... Now, Paul fully intended, of course, to make another visit. Now, in this second Corinthian epistle, he talks a great deal about having sent Titus and having sent the other workers to the church at Corinth, and they having returned to give Paul the report as to the condition of the church and uh, the growth of the church and the maturity of the church. But behind it all, Paul is saying, when I come, now he was looking forward to that day when he himself would enjoy another personal visit, not through his fellow helper and co-laborer Titus, but when I can come personally, that when I come, I fear lest I shall not find you such as I would. And I would find you in full edification, in full maturity, but I fear that I'll not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not. Now, I want you to grow into full maturity, and then I want also to grow such in my own life that when I come to you, you would not be disappointed in what I am and the life that I've lived and the maturity that I've enjoyed, you see. Uh, people and, and priest, or people rather, and preacher grow together like pro uh, prophet, like people. Uh, people grow, and we expect people to grow, and then people in turn expect the prophet or the pastor or the under-shepherd to grow in grace and knowledge along with them. And so Paul had a twofold fear. I fear that I shall be found unto you such as you would not. And that would be a tragic thing for Paul to become a disappointment to dearly beloved ones in the church of Corinth. Let there be debates, envyings, wrath, strifes, backbiting, whispering, swellings, and tumults. Now when Paul wrote the first Corinthian epistle, I having completed his ministry in Corinth and then writes back to them the first Corinthian epistle, he found such as are cataloged in verse 20, debates. Indian, rash, strifes, backbitings. He found those things among the Corinthian believers. And remember, he said, I could not write unto you as unto spiritual, but rather uh, unto you as unto babe, because there's among you and in you all kind of, of uh, envy and strife and wrath and backbitings and whisperings. Are you not yet carnal and walk as men when I find these things among you? Uh, you could not justify that kind of conduct Paul is saying. And I pray that when I come to you, verse number 20. I will not find these things in the last clause that he identifies and spells out. I shall not find debating among you and envying among you and wrath among you and striving among you and backbited and so forth. I pray that I'll not find these lest I become disappointed in your maturity. And then in verse 21 we have another lest, lest when I come again my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already, and have not repented of all the uncleanliness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Now in verse 21, he's referring to the incest and the fornication that he had to deal with in the first Corinthian epistle. And he's saying, now when I come again... My God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many who have already sinned again in the same similarity of the first sin that Paul dealt with in the first Corinthian epistle, and have not, I pray, 
I should I will not find this. But Paul is saying, I fear lest I will find that they have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Now that's a dreadful thing for the apostle uh, to have faced in his own life that when he did uh, finally have the joy of returning to Corinth personally, that he would find many which have not repented of that sin. And maybe even some yet among the people at Corinth, the church at Corinth, who are living a free immoral, loose life sexually as he founded in the first Corinthian epistle. Now you, the church members listen to me now, you ought not to so live. God forbid that one church member would so live as to bring about the same feeling of fear and anxiety in the heart of your pastor. Now here's the great apostle who founded the church at Corinth and who had a great burden and concern for the people at Corinth like nobody else in the world was concerned about them. And yet with admission and confession, he said, I fear, lest some of you have not repented uh, of the sin of uncleanliness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed in your midst. He, he's saying, I'm hoping that I, when I return, that I will find a more clean, a more dedicated, a more separated, a more yielded people than I've ever found before in all my experience with the Corinthian church. Second Corinthians 13 verse 1. This is the third time I am coming to you. Now we noticed in chapter number 12 that Paul said, when I come again. Then in verse 20, when I come. Now I, I take it from that that he fully expected to make another visit to the church at Corinth. Paul founded the church. He preached the gospel in the city of Corinth and founded the church, leaving the church behind and now writes the first epistle and then now the second epistle and the second Corinthian epistle is, is written more or less to establish his own apostleship as apostle number 12 the filled place of Judas who lost his bishop trick now he says I, the, I this is the third time that I'm coming to you I think this refers to his uh, visit more than uh, the idea of another epistle. Now, I've heard it suggested by some uh, theologians that uh, Paul meant by that, that actually I'm writing another book and that we ought really to have in our Bible 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and 3 Corinthians and that the 13th chapter could well be uh, 3 Corinthians or from verse 14 of chapter number 12, 3 Corinthians. But I don't buy that. I think Paul is talking about a personal visit to the city of Corinth. In fact, we're we're practically sure that that's what he's talking about in verses 19, 20, and 21 of chapter number 12. Not a letter, not an epistle, but a literal personal visit again. Paul has an ambition for to the city and to the church at Corinth, and he's longing for that day when he can come again to the Corinthians in a very definite way. Now, another sentence in verse number 13, the thought changes and continues, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. All the truth of God about me uh, shall become established. I think verse number one has a reference to Paul's enemies who constantly sought to destroy his leadership and destroy his apostleship. And evidently Paul had some very vicious enemies in his day uh, who were thoroughly convinced that Paul was not to be uh, the 12th apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they went 
out of their way to destroy the testimony of Paul and to deny Paul the apostleship that we believe that God foreordained from the foundation of the world. But in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word that I might have ever said, every deed that I might have ever done, every charge that might have ever been laid against me is to be established. Paul is warning the Corinthian Christian that they're not to believe every report. They're not to accept every word that might come, but rather only the report and only the word that could be established by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Now, uh, whatever Paul may mean in verse number one of chapter 13, the application for our day is very clear. I think Paul is talking basically about the establishing of his own ministry and his own apostleship. But in our day, you and I would be wise likewise uh, to accept no criticism, to accept no tale that might be told, or accept no gossip that you might hear, except it be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Today's broadcast of the Bright Spot Hour has been transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Correspondence may be sent to the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box 4. Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson thanking you for listening. Be sure to listen next time for the Bright Spot Hour. Same time, same station, same gospel. Thinking about when we all get to heaven, oh, how we'll sing and shout. A good time, a good time, a wonderful time. A good time, a good time, yes, what a great time. Well, I'll have a good time all the time since Jesus now is mine. A good time, a good time, a wonderful time. A good time, Hallelujah, a good time. When God's little children all get together, we'll have a wonderful time.